This is Envision Self-Healing Podcast, episode number 18. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. The topic of the week this week is getting your vision improvement program back on track. And in the second half of the podcast, we're going to be answering a question from a YouTube viewer who asks us, why is my vision so much clearer in bright sunlight? So Richard, now that we've uh, landed safely back in San Francisco, how is the world of self-healing treating you? Well, I'm a bit tired and I did pick up a cold on the plane, so I'll, I'll do my bitching first. But um, we, start, start off on a high note, I oh, think, yeah, for yeah. everyone. Oh, man. Um, yeah, we had 20, you, I'm calculating as 28 hours on, of traveling, maybe 28, 30 hours, right? Uh-huh. Of yeah. Traveling. Because we, uh, we left Rio, had to fly to Sao Paulo, and da, 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 da. Houston, Houston, San Francisco, Houston, San Francisco yeah. with four-hour gaps in between each, <laughs> each flight. But. but what it did mean is that it gave us uh, plenty of time to discuss and come up with some uh, new and exciting products and information for the rest of our That's viewers to take in over the next few uh, weeks and a month. So we're yeah. pretty excited about that. Yeah, we're, we never let uh, uh, an hour go by that we don't talk about vision improvement, it seems like, <laughs> when we're together anyway. Yeah, well, so, it's working, so it's worth doing. Yeah, and then we uh, spent the last week of our week in Brazil with Melissa Moody, who is a friend of ours and a peer of ours uh, in self-healing. Uh, we spent some time just, we went dancing with her twice. Yeah, and um, we were in uh, Rio. In Rio. I think we our last podcast was in Rio, I think. So, yeah, it was yeah. in Rio. Was it in Rio? Okay. So we, at the very beginning, and, uh, and we spent a, a week there after that, and I think... Probably we we talked about the paragliding and right. uh, it was amazing with all the the sunshine and what have you. Um, but what everybody doesn't know is the preceding four or five days was just rain afterwards. Right. We did the the second day after the, the the day after the paragliding. We did get to go up and look at the the Jesus statue on the hill, and the view from there is spectacular. Mm-hmm. And also a view from what's called Sugarloaf, which is a, a lower hill, but with an equally spectacular view uh, of. Ipanema Beach and Copacabana Beach. And so we did a lot of distance looking on that second day. Yeah. There was a lot of distance looking from the paragliding, too. You're looking out <laughs> looking out at the mountains and the ocean as you swirl around the sky. And we also noticed it was also a bit of a swinging exercise as the world was moving. Was, uh... Yeah, spinning in the opposite direction. So, yeah, <laughs> that worked, too. Um, so, and we spent a lot of time... At, when it started raining, we then spent a lot of time indoors discussing... Uh, vision improvement as well as eating delicious brazilian food oh yeah oh. De- definitely yeah <laughs> definitely not shy of a few uh, kilos of, of yeah. meat and uh, food after being eaten in brazil highlights were the all-you-can-eat seafood restaurant <laughs> and then the all-you-can-eat meat restaurant <laughs> richard is, is a meat fiend if anyone wants to woo richard then uh, take him to an all-you-can-eat meat, meat restaurant. restaurant yeah <laughs> it was delicious but you've only got about two plates until he falls asleep at the table it's true yeah <laughs> it's true so if it's a woman trying to woo richard <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work so well, is it? Um, so we spent, um, yeah, we sort of did the paragliding and then the views the second day. And we did some shopping and lots of eating, as I said. Yeah. And a lot of discussion of vision improvement 
with Melissa. So, and it was also nice, uh, nice because those that know Melissa that have uh, been to our website that we mentioned last week, the uh, transcendingtrauma.com, she uh, she has or was run over by a truck, which obviously caused a lot of trauma and a lot of damage. And uh, you know, basically, she's spent the last nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, overcoming it and and working her way forward and now she's a self-healing practitioner and you know you just you wouldn't know that anything had had happened to her the way she moved so gracefully especially after dancing and yeah we'd, uh, the three of us went to a samba a samba club out in uh, Lapa which is sort of the night district right and uh, there was a bit of break in the music and I took Richard and Melissa towards the sounds of familiar beats that I could hear in the distance. And it right. turned out to be a, a European house nightclub. Right, which um, I only know the words to that since... I only know that those words house nightclub recently from Will. So, <laughs> so but it was, uh, it, was, it was fantastic to have a, have a real dance. Yeah. And uh, I worked on my, my, night, my night vision with the, with the flashing lights and the, there and you the go. dark in there. And, we made made friends with a guy who was who was part of Disney on Ice. Right, he played Woody on Dis- yeah. Disney on Ice. So, if Woody, you're listening to this now. Good, uh, <laughs> Very good dance moves. And, he uh, did have good dance moves. He yes. did. He showed us up a little bit. Oh, he did. But what do you expect from a from a Pro- wooden from pro- a wooden doll? <laughs> Professional wooden doll. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, so we we certainly enjoyed that, and it was also nice to get. Obviously, Melissa's been through a lot more trauma that we've been through and she works with a lot more of that side of things so it was really nice to hear a lot more about the emotional right side of vision improvement um and how improving that can really also help improve our eyesight yeah no i think that is true it's there's a lot of um psychological issues that come up with vision uh vision problems and then they come up again when you're trying to improve them, actually. So. Yeah, it's almost it's almost difficult to avoid, especially with us, because we say use what is weakest mm-hmm. and rest what's strong. So for me, that is to work with what I see less with, which is my peripheral vision. So the more time you spend with that, if you're not dealing with the emotions, then, well, it's just upsetting because I'm just I'm being blind. You know, I'm not seeing much yeah. in the periphery. So. The same as if somebody's got one eye that is a lot, you know, less stronger than the other eye, then to obstruct the stronger eye and to right. try and function with that weaker eye can be very emotional and very frustrating and upsetting and right. a lot of anger and a, and a lot of uh, a lot of emotions coming out there. So yeah, and it's certainly one of the barriers to vision improvement because people just don't want to deal right. with that side of things. Right. Like, well, for you, it's the periphery, and for me, it would be like. While going to a nightclub and and seeing being able to see far enough away to feel comfortable, yeah, with what's going on rather than yeah, that's a very good example. A lot yeah. of people um, find it difficult being in those social environments, exactly. Yeah, um, not knowing what's out there beyond you know three or four feet, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I suppose I've just got used to it, just bumping into people. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I just I just make sure I learn the word for. Sorry, or sorry. In every language, in, uh, in every language yeah. around the world, yeah, it seems to be uh, it seems to be a good way to get around that. Yeah, but certainly in all, we had a fantastic time in Brazil, and yeah. uh, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everybody that was involved. So many people took us out for meals, and you know, even though everyone was busy, because self healing is just so successful and so popular in uh, in Brazil at the moment. There were some people that 
we weren't able to meet up with till nine, ten o'clock at night because they're right. seeing clients from seven in the morning till nine in the evening, you know, doing vision improvement and body work. And uh, it's certainly very exciting for us to see how successful it is in Brazil and, and how responsive they are to yeah, the self yeah. work. It's a very friendly country in general. Very, it seems like a very open-minded country, maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's I can't explain why it's so successful there, that, that there's no shortage of clients for people down there, and there's yeah. no shortage of trust, essentially, in the, in the system, in the system of self-healing. Yeah, and when they see a little bit of improvement, then they're overjoyed that they've got improvement, and yeah. that's enough motivation for them to keep going and working on their eyes. I mean, the one workshop that we did, we must have been, I don't know, 30 minutes into the workshop that Richard and I... Right. And we were also working with Melissa Moody and we had a, a translator with us. We'll have to try and get hold of a copy of that for our viewers to see. Mm-hmm. But there was a lady there and we did a bit of peripheral vision, a bit of sunning, a bit of palming. And this, this lady started crying and um, we thought, oh no, what, 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 we what have we done now? <laughs> Here's Will and Richard getting deported for making the making Brazilian it. people cry. Anyway, when the translator started talking to her and um, it turned out that her vision in that point in moment had improved. Right. And she was just so overwhelmed by the improvement that she started crying. Right. And we're not saying that she was blind and now she can see. No. It's it's an improve. you know, it's something you're told that you can't see improvement. And when you do, it's like, wow. Yeah. Um, And um, when you spend a lifetime of being told, sorry, your vision can't improve, Mm -hmm. deal with it, go home, rebray or whatever, Um, you know, to all of a sudden to see an improvement. Yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. Because psychologically, you're set up to, okay, I'm going to have worse and worse vision as I I grow older here. Mm Mm-hmm. And to see it go in the other direction just completely counteracts what you've been told. Yeah, so it's a very emotional experience. That. And that, I mean, that's certainly different because we do we get a lot of um, you know sort of emails and people's comments is that well, where is the proof? Right. You know, where, where's the data? Where's the you know show us instead of and even and we've we've mentioned this this poor guy before. I hope he doesn't <laughs> think that we're picking on him, but the guy that did the exercises saw improvement but still wanted yeah. wanted the evidence. He wanted to see it on paper. It wasn't enough to see for himself. It was, yeah. he almost wanted, I don't know, intellectual. I mean, even though seeing it itself is, is intelligence. Yeah. But certainly I think that might be one reason why it sits more popular down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was lovely to see the, the community, the course we did it with was, was 40 to 50 other practitioners that mm-hmm. had all been either overcome their own conditions or they were trained occupational therapists or you know physiotherapists and they were all successfully working with natural vision improvement and the Mearschneider method to help people improve and and to promote the self-healing so yeah certainly one thing that came across our mind that we really want to be able to get out to the public is that is that community yeah you know that that we experienced there it was almost um a crime that it was hidden away in in, in, in the jungles of Brazil. And it was <laughs> yeah, like, right, the jungles no, of Brazil. Nobody had access. It was, you know, hands off. Unless, unless you were right there at that point in time. And, I mean, you had to be invited in the first place. And you had to also be a, a qualified vision improvement instructor. But unless you were there, you didn't get access to that community. So I really hope that Richard and I start working hard and uh, be able to bring the community to the rest of the world. I think that would be such a a valuable thing to have 
Yeah, there were a couple of women there who were who had taken the, what they knew, uh, had learned, and they were going. One of them, I think, two of them actually went into parks in Brazil. Yeah, and would go into city parks and just teach eye exercises. And then one woman was teaching it on the beaches of Copacabana. Mm-hmm. And that just it's inspired me. It's sort of like what you and I are trying to do with the website is like yeah. get it out there somehow. It's our cyber beach. It is our cyber <laughs> beach. Yeah. So the cyber Copacabana. So um, the the only thing that happened to me more recently was I started to notice uh, for my own improvement was this static phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I was looking at some marble in the, in my bathroom and I was noticing static there, mm-hmm. and I realized that it was my left eye. Kicking in, coming into my visual field, and um, creating static that's that's coming from my scotoma or my blind spot. Yeah, and those of you that we won't go into too much detail now, but Richard and I did talk more about what the static is mm-hmm. um, two podcasts ago, seventeen sixteen, podcast sixteen, and and about that static and, and why we're sorting to figure it out a little bit more isn't it It sort of seems to be a bit of a key to our conditions yeah it's a it's a key that in some ways when i see the static i know my vision is better in the sense that i'm using both eyes so right so which eye has the static in it mainly the left they both do really Mm -hmm. but the left one is a bigger field it's a bigger blind spot so it's more noticeable so when your right eye is dominating more you don't see the, the static. static exactly so but when you're using both eyes more equally then you're able to see the static right because the left eye is now working and it's overlaying the static on top of the image of the right so you see i see an image in front of me of the marble like i was looking in my bathroom mm-hmm. and on top of that there's sort of a snowy staticky field on top mm-hmm. of it and i'm sure your landlady's listening to this <laughs> thinking i'm gonna have to send the send the professional cleaner in to, yeah, uh, to, to fix clean the, the static yeah <laughs> so that's the main sort of improvement i guess i saw this yeah. week. yeah and it's it's gonna sound funny to people that you're calling that an improvement right i think it's an important thing to point out um that this is an improvement like myself i always find when i do the non-dominant when i obstruct my dominant eye that my vision gets somewhat blurrier um, or fuzzier and that's because of the cataracts is in my left eye my right eye is clearer better vision so when I obstruct my better eye, my weaker eye, shall we say, becomes more involved. The brain starts using it again. So that when I take off the obstruction glasses, my vision of the two eyes being used more equally. So it means that the image isn't as clear. Right. So some people would say, well, why would you want that? Why why? Would you want that? You know, surely you would just want to see clearer. And don't forget, and we can't express this enough, that Vision improvement isn't just about seeing the 2020 line. It's not just about seeing better clarity. It's about bringing balance in the eyes right. and improving our whole visual system and to save the vision in what is stronger as well as improve what's weaker. Yeah, it's why if, some, if a client comes to us with a very good single eye, let's say the right eye, mm-hmm. and a left eye that's, that's been compromised substantially... We would still really work on the left eye, whereas an eye doctor might say, "Ah, just forget about that eye. Just yeah. use your right eye. Just, just let's let's focus on this, what sees clear. And yeah, let's ignore ignore what doesn't. So, but of course, the problem with that is you're then overusing that stronger eye, right. and eventually you're going to develop um, conditions right. with that eye instead of what we want you to do is to save save the vision in that eye mm-hmm. and to you know live the next. 80, 100 years with good vision in that one eye. 
mm-hmm. instead of you know having five years of good vision and then watch it deteriorate right. as time goes on. Because you've overused it, yeah. So, but certainly with myself talking about static, I experienced the same phenomena again uh, as I did when I went to Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, so yesterday uh, the static wasn't too bad, but today I've certainly noticed that there's um, thicker, larger static mm-hmm. in my peripheral field. So it means it's it's difficult more difficult for me to see in the periphery especially outside but i guess i I also noticed this time it's not just about the physical static it's also my mental state Hmm. because i'm more fatigued you know we travel for for 28 hours Mm -hmm. we picked up a little bit of a cold from you know 200 people sneezing on the airplane everyone just seems to be sneezing when you're on those things it's normally worse at christmas time though So, but, um, you know, you, you pick up all this stuff and, you know, I noticed that I just, I sort of have to work harder in my periphery. I need to be paying more attention in order for it to function better. Hmm. And besides the static, if mentally I'm sort of fatigued, I'm not, you know, really picking up what's going on. Then you sort of, I mean, most people find even when they're tired, you know, you sort of in the morning, say you're traveling to work and you're maybe on the bus and you bump into someone or you're sort of a little bit spaced out. I suppose the reason why they call it spaced out is because you're sort of not... You're not aware of your space. Yeah. Really. yeah. <laughs> you're not really focused, so... And maybe that's the periphery, if you think about it. Yeah. Could be, yeah. So, but certainly I noticed that, um, you know, there's two things going on there. One is the, the physical increase in static, which makes it harder to see in the periphery. Mm-hmm. But also there's that fatigue side of things that if my mind isn't, you know, awake and alert, then I'm sort of a little bit more spaced out and it's a little bit more difficult to pay attention mm-hmm. to the periphery and I'm not I'm not able to use it did as well. Did you space out there? <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> I, dis- I disappeared in my periphery. <laughs> it's like the twilight zone. So, well, I think it's about time to move on to topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is getting back on track on your vision improvement program. So the reason why we thought we would talk about this week is obviously Rich and I have been away for the last three weeks and, you know, we can't really avoid eye exercises because it's our life and we've spent, you know, many years trying to integrate it into our lives. So we are pretty good at integrating the exercises. But as far as getting back on track with the routine, I mean, we spent the last five days in Rio. I'd like to say relaxing on the beach, but yeah. it was raining. But, um, but certainly it was, um, it was a disruption to routine. Yeah. And those of you that have uh, been following the podcast will know that I'm more of a routine kind of guy. And Richard is more of a just fit it in where I can yeah. make, you know, make, make the most of, of what he can when he does it. Yeah. So using two of those things, getting the vision improvement sort of back on track for me, what I did is I made sure that as soon as I woke up this morning, regardless to how tired I was or, you know, what was going on time-wise or jet lag, that I jumped straight back in again and I continued with my program that I left off doing. Wow. Because I sort of noticed that if you procrastinate a bit, you know, a day turns to a week and then you think, well, well, I'll do it next week. And then that mm. week turns to a month and then, and then I'm traveling again in a month's time. So it's like, oh, well, I'll do it when I come back from my next trip. Uh, and yeah, yeah, before yeah. you know it, it's been, you know, three, four months. And the only reason why I could say that is because I've done it yeah, <laughs> so yeah. many times. I've done yeah. it so many times. 
But uh, luckily, it was a nice sunny morning this morning, and uh, with the jet lag, it's the other way around. So right. to get up at six in the morning to do my eye exercises wasn't really a challenge because I was sort of awake anyway. So, but it was also nice because over the last few weeks, although I've not been doing my program per se, I've been planning a little bit. You know, I've been thinking about, oh, I wonder if I did this exercise. So this morning I added in uh, red and green glasses, which is something I haven't been doing uh, yeah. for a while to work with that dominance thing that I was talking about. And also after last week when I talked about the beads, how I noticed that when the, those people, the, the practitioners waved in my non-dominant eye or my weaker eye that I improved right. the colors on the beads. Right. So it's, I thought, well, I should add that to my program. So I've started doing the beads with the flashing lights on that on the left side of my periphery to try and help him engage that as well. And that's certainly something we want to encourage everyone to do is, is that your program isn't necessarily fixed. And when you come across and experience these new things and mm-hmm. certainly try and fit those in to your program, which is one reason we want to encourage you all to take healing into your own hands and discover this stuff for yourself. There's no real one way to do it. So, but anyway, I found that just by jumping straight on the track again, going with the exercises. I did them again this morning, and uh, hopefully tomorrow morning is going to be the same thing. Yeah, that sounds good. So that doesn't fit my personality. <laughs> but on the other hand... On the other Richard, hand, <laughs> to, to, to present a more softer approach, I would say give yourself a break for a, a day or two right. and start adding things in gradually. Gradually. Um, the other thing I've noticed is like noticing the static this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night I was looking at my iPad and noticing that I was um, shutting off one eye that I could see uh. and just uh, bringing those integrated things in first. So like, okay, I need to back up the iPad a little bit and use both eyes looking at the iPad. So you could almost say that the breaking routine was excellent for you because you had those three weeks off. Mm-hmm. And then when you came back, you were sort of fresh to right. your habits. Right. The other thing, and I did learn a ton, so I am trying to figure out how to integrate the things I've learned in as well. Like, oh, I need to do more beads as well. Uh-huh. I haven't been doing that much beads, mm-hmm. bead work. And one of the things I discovered is that I need to learn to fuse uh, beyond about eight inches. So, um, yeah, I have my formal exercise. I'm sort of reformulating my... My plan. So, in some ways, a vacation is a good time to rethink things. And I also like what you said before about how sort of don't put too much pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you just sort of gradually go in and don't be upset if you if you don't hit yeah. it right first. You know, straight like, off the bat. Yeah, for me, like palming in bed would be a good way of getting back into routine. Like uh-huh. uh, this morning when I woke up with a cold, it's like I palmed in bed because <laughs> I didn't feel like getting up. Things like things that are easy, you start integrating back in, uh, and things you enjoy the most, you start integrating back in. But you don't want to become well. Maybe you do. <laughs> you don't want <laughs> no, to become, can't finish your sentence. You can't. <laughs> you don't want to become such a taskmaster on yourself yeah. that you uh, end up rebelling against yourself. But, certainly, yeah. and certainly, I've I found with myself just from the experience and also clients that I work with, some people that are more attached to a routine mm-hmm. and they sort of do well slotting themselves back in again. Otherwise, it becomes the less they do something, the more frustrated they become. Mm-hmm. And then they become uh, um, negative about, about the exercises and right. about themselves yeah. because they just can't find that rhythm again. Right. So certainly, and it, I mean, it's the same with uh, exercise, right? Or say um, mm-hmm. anytime you fall off the horse, the best thing is to jump right. straight back on again. So right. it's sort of like 
with exercising and after you know 15 years of working in the sports mm-hmm. industry and right and obviously when i was coming through the ranks it was all about well and it still is how can we get people exercising in the gym mm-hmm. and we just we did so much work on I, I suppose excuses and you know the psychology of it all of, mm. you know people come back and they're oh well i go to the gym this week mm-hmm. you know i'll make sure i go and then they they miss it on the monday oh well i'll definitely go wednesday and they miss it on the okay well definitely friday and they miss them mm-hmm. and then and then it sort of snowballs and then they're sort of i mean we've all heard those people that go oh i didn't go to the gym last week and then a week later you're like did you go to the gym oh no i couldn't go to the gym because <laughs> oh but i'm definitely gonna go next week and then and then you see it in the next week yeah and they're like well i didn't go this week but that was because of blah, 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 blah. right so um, certainly it, it, for some people, it can be more frustrating. So maybe you and I are kind of like, you know, the, well, maybe this, you're too young for this, but the, the image of the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the yeah, other yeah. shoulder. You're sort of the angel on one shoulder <laughs> yeah. and the devil on the other. So, but, but I also <laughs> think it comes down to, and Richard and I discovered this, is that um, yeah, obviously in the brain you have these two systems, the what and where Oh, system. the what and where system, right. And your, your central vision is the what, meaning that you identify something. And then your peripheral vision is the where system, which is where it is in space. And uh, obviously with my lack of periphery means I'm lacking the where system and, right. and you're like a central, the, you're the lacking the what system. So maybe this is what we're experiencing <laughs> here. Is, uh, is Two the, different bra- brain paths. Yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a what person and I'm a where so, person. So maybe, uh, maybe our listeners out there, if they... Uh, if they're experiencing the same thing, if if we can find that there's a group of where people, yeah, that, um, that prefer doing exercises one way oh, and a group. I of like lots. this idea. Just, well, let's see. Okay, I can go even further with it. So, where people would be about? See, it's about peripheral vision. All right, we got to explain this slightly. <laughs> there's two tracks in the brain. I'll do this really fast. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, one yeah. of which comes from your periphery and goes through a different pathway in your brain called the where system, and it's sensitive to motion, and it's got night sensitivity it's it's good in dim light which mm-hmm. is all the things that will is not good at because of the rp and then the what system is identifying objects and people and colors and things like that and that's the central vision the macula things like that and it's got a, a different pathway in the brain so that's the what pathway and the where pathway and we discovered that you're the what pathway and i'm the <laughs> where pathway so maybe the where pathway is all about motion and spontaneity and we can't stand structure yeah and uh, the what people are more about being focused on. on I can't even tell you what it is. Tell us <laughs> <laughs> being focused, you right? Don't have it. <laughs> I don't have it. So. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So we have to do some uh, some more research. Yeah, we probably should have recorded that off air because uh, <laughs> in the future that could come back and haunt us. It's true. But um, but certainly um, there's many ways of sort of getting back on track, and it doesn't have to be if you've you know gone away for a few weeks. It might just be that you just had a busy two three weeks. Right. And you just, you know, just didn't do your eye exercises. And obviously we hear that all the time from people. And the worst thing you can do, and I really believe this, the worst thing you can do is just think, oh, well, well, I'm I'm not doing my eye exercises very well. So I just... Yeah, it's not for me to stop doing them, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a process. I mean, I've been doing these eye exercises now six, seven years. You've been doing them for like 15 years. Yeah. And... You know, certainly in the beginning, not so much more now because I'm a lot more dedicated to it. But certainly the first few years, I noticed I was sort of on and off for a couple of months. And, you know, if anything, at least doing something is better than nothing. Right. And maybe it's just not your time. Maybe it is just really busy for you. 
and you can do a little bit here and there and maybe you know in the next six months or maybe things will quiet down or as you start prioritizing things you know there's many factors involved mm-hmm. we can't just think you know just jump straight in on this one and sort of i'm going to do them or i'm not going to do them right full stop right um, and it really is a process and we've got our whole lives um to be working on our vision but it's sort of it's certainly sad when we see people that just give up yeah no, that is the worst part of it, yeah. So, but if you are noticing that, you know, if you've not really been doing your exercises for the few weeks, last few weeks, then maybe just try again, just sort of um, try my approach, yeah. where you sort of just, just jump straight back in again, just pick a morning, just say, okay, for the next month, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to, yeah. every morning for an hour, come come rain or shine, come Rio or San Francisco, <laughs> um, I'm just going to do my eye exercises and give it a go and see if you can pick up some results. Or you could take more of Richard's approach of just sort of... Just forget that you haven't done them, basically. Yeah. And when you're out in the sun, do sunning. You know, if you're out on a walk and you see distance, stop and do distance yeah. looking. And, and, and then gradually get into a routine in that sense. And not get too hung up on the fact that you're not doing what you want to be doing. You know, we would all love yeah. to spend four or five hours a day doing eye exercises. That's right. the ideal world. But unfortunately... That's not the ideal world because that's not how we function in our in our modern day lives. But, um, you know, get over the fact that you're not able to do that and just do what you can do mm-hmm. and just sort of slowly monitor the improvements and mm-hmm. just maybe try and tune in. Do you have less strain in your eyes or mm-hmm. um, are you seeing maybe slightly clearer colors or, you know, don't don't get caught up on. I'm going to see the 2015, 15, uh, you know, just right. tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. Just sort of take it steady and uh, and just try and enjoy the exercise and just incorporate them a little bit more into your life. Yeah, sounds good. So it's a good time to move on to question of the week. And the question of the week this week comes from one of our YouTube audience and it says... Hello and thanks for the videos, very helpful, but I have one problem since I've been doing the eye exercises. I have noticed I only see clear outside when the sun is hitting my eyes, please respond. Well, I thought this was a a fantastic question and it's certainly a very common one that people experience. And my initial response was congratulations. (laughs) yeah because it means that this person is is really doing the eye exercises and he's starting to build this relationship with his eyes that he even noticed that his vision is better outside than inside because i don't know 99 percent of the planet's population wouldn't even know if you asked them right no it's true that if you ask anyone is vision worse inside they say no it's just the same yeah so and certainly there are some reasons why that and there's there's two main ones that we're going to go through but certainly the first one, and we have discussed, discussed this before, but it's that the eyes are designed to see better in sunlight. Yeah, bright sunlight. So um, the reason, one of the first reasons is that the clear, clear vision comes from the macula, uh, the central part of the retina, the central vision part of the retina, uh, where there are the cones, the majority of cones are in the macula, and they are what see in bright sunlight, and they're the ones that see clearly. Where, mm-hmm. Whereas the rods in the periphery aren't, uh, don't have as much acuity in their vision. Uh, they see in dim light, so they're kind of opposite um, priorities to the retina. One that sees in dim light but not so clear, and the other one that sees in bright light and sees clear. 
And don't forget, we've talked before about how the sun is 10,000 watts worth of light, whereas indoors we're only looking at maybe a 100 watt light bulb at best. So the eyes were designed, those cells were designed to be functioning under that bright sunlight. And um, it means they're going to be more active, the colors are going to be clearer. And you've also got the part that the pupil plays, which is when you are in bright sunlight, the pupil constricts. And those of you that have ever used pinhole glasses, which are a great alternative for reading glasses, and certainly any type of glasses to help naturally improve your eyesight, certainly for a little while anyway. And what the pinholes do is they get the image to be projected straight onto the back of the retina, uh, the fovea, which sees most detail, which is, of course, what accommodation is actually trying to do anyway. So it's sort of helping that process. So when the pupil is constricted, it's concentrating that image on the fovea which is the clearer part of our vision and allows us to see clearer so by being out in bright sunlight then you're allowing the pupil to fully constrict and that process to occur and this is why we're opposed to sunglasses in general because they uh, prevent the pupil from constricting the way it should in the outdoors and you're never getting that that full color you know the the cones are never getting that full activation that they need from the light and if if you think we spend all most of our time indoors mm-hmm. in uh, artificial lighting and then we go outdoors and we put sunglasses on and then we go indoors again so at what point are our eyes mm-hmm. getting the brilliance of the light and allowing those cone cells to become fully active and allowing the pupil to fully constrict so just to summarize then uh, as when you're outside your your pupils are constricted and your macula is active because of the bright uh, sunlight, your cones are more active in, in the retina rather than the rods in the periphery. As you move indoors, your pupils dilate. That's just You've just given up some sharpness from the pupils dilating. Mm-hmm. And then the balance between cones and rods, which was heavily towards the cones outdoors, shifts towards the rods, and the rods are less clear. So you're, you're using a part of the retina that's less clear. So the combination gives you less clear vision indoors than outdoors. And certainly one thing I like about this question is that what this this person is experiencing is natural vision. Right. And it's just something so foreign to all of us. Yeah. Natural vision. If if everybody knew this was the case. And notice how he he, um, structured the sentence. It's that my vision is only clear outside. Right. Meaning that he has poor vision indoors right um and it's always it's it's such a negative way right of looking at things but it makes sense to think that way you know oh my vision my again my vision's getting worse right instead of where we say your vision's getting better so well before i did the eye exercises i could see fine indoors right right (laughs) yeah so but what it actually is is just this natural physiological way that the eye works and you're really just experiencing natural vision and this and we just need to learn to utilize it as yeah. much as possible. And we do want to applaud this guy for actually starting to notice the way his eyes actually function anatomically. So, And certainly very few of us are at that stage uh, where we can do that. So uh, so well done to you and mm-hmm. uh, certainly good luck continuing with the eye exercises. We look forward to seeing what other observations that he comes up with as he goes on his vision improvement journey. Right. 
So we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. As always, you can head over to our Envision Self Healing website and you can find your free program over there on how you can improve your eyesight. And you can also find a whole list of exercises and also a lot more of our blogs and podcasts that goes into a lot more detail on our vision improvement journey and of course how our clients are improving their eyesight and uh, plenty of questions and information over there to help you get started on your journey of natural vision improvement and indeed self-healing in itself. If you liked what you heard in this podcast and you want to get a little bit more information, we've done a nice little summary for you in our free ebook, A Modern Day Guide for Improving Eyesight, and you can get a copy of that on our website. You can also find any of the resources uh, that we've mentioned in here or any sort of good books that we recommend. You can find them in the resources section in our website and also a free vision improvement eye chart there and some more details that you can pick up on to help getting you going a little bit more on what you want to do in order to improve your eyesight. You can also follow us on Twitter. Both Richard and I have Twitter accounts which we regularly update and send out information. Certainly every time we release podcasts and also blog posts, then we are the first ones to mention it there on our Twitter. And we also mention it out on our Facebook fan page. You can head over there, like the fan page and share some of the great information we've got going on. And you can also see some pictures over there that we've got from Brazil and also on how we're improving our own eyesight. And we just sort of keep it regularly update on how we're doing with our whole vision process. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can also subscribe to us there. And if you're listening on iTunes, then certainly subscribe to the podcast and you will get one of these podcasts sent to you every week when we get them released. So good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing. And have a good week.